This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. I'm Robin Hilton from NPR Music. It's June 23rd, New Music Friday. And here to talk about the best releases out today is NPR Music's Ann Powers. Hey, Ann. Hello. WXPN's John Morrison. Yo, yo, yo. And contributor Letitia Harris. Hi, everybody. We've got new albums this week from Kelly Clarkson, Big Frida. There's a, a posthumous release from Arthur Russell that we're loving. But we start with Coyla Ray. She's got her new self-titled album out now. It's called Koi. This is the song Black Rose. Yeah, I'm going to say it loud. Do it for my niggas in the town. This is for the project babies running wild. On the corner posted, I'm smoking loud. Hey, tell them they can't bring me, bring me down. Hey, come on, baby, shut it down. Yeah, black king, black rose, black hoodie, black niggas, black cars. Got my black chin up. Tell them they could never bring us down. Wanna push me? Yeah. Why they wanna push me? They know they can't push me. Coyla Ray is a Boston-born, L.A.-based rapper. She's really one of the leading lights and most popular artists of this beautiful women-led renaissance that we're experiencing right now in mainstream rap. And this album, Koi, is very fun. It has a lot of catchy moments. I'm hearing a lot of growth from Coyla Ray on the mic. Like, there were legitimately verses on this record where... I thought, like, oh, she spitting some shit. She felt a lot more confident on the mic in a lot of these songs and, and kind of, like, self-assured. And on the DJ tip, there are, like, certain songs that I would definitely play at parties. You know, the song Bops. Catching Jess Boo. I got Jeff Flu. When I touch down, I'ma get loose. Pull up in a spaceship. Call me Neptune. Two-step. Hit a slide when I walk through. Wristwatch. Got a big cup. Hating assholes. Get that bitch a big out. Sitting on top. Get these bitches better. If you ain't getting money, I ain't fucking with you. Uh-uh. John, I'm curious, your, your perspective as a DJ, so a lot of these songs do really seem made for a party, partly because their samples are, uh, let's say, obvious. <laughs> Maybe that word feels a little weighted, but what do you think about the fact that some of the samples are like instantly familiar? Like in that song, Bitch Girl, the Daryl Hall and John Oates sample from the song Rich Girl. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. Yeah. Say money, money won't get you too far. Yeah. Yeah. Pull up and catwalk, enough of the back talk. These bitches is acting, we'll grab the camera then. I think that the history of sampling is rooted in familiarity. You know, I hear people, especially folks, as they get older, when they start to recognize the songs that are being sampled, people complain like, why are they taking these obvious samples? Everybody knows these songs. Yo, 
if you look at the first wave of rap records that came out, right, from talking Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, The Treacherous Three, Lady B to the Beat Y'all, all of those early first handful of rap records that came out, all of that stuff is based on very recent interpolations of popular songs. That's the core of it. I mean, I think the appeal of Koi is that she is a very chameleonic artist. She can theoretically do anything. This album takes a lot of pull from Afrobeats, Drill. There's Rock from that Black Rose we heard, which I think is one of the strongest tracks on the album. And she's dipping her feet into a lot of different genres, as she did on her first album, Trendsetter. And as John mentioned, she's much more confident, much more self-assured as an MC on this one. But I think what it is for me is that when she does dig into a sound that is very, very good. It makes you realize if she was a little more focused in her perspective for her voice as an artist, she could have a more consistent album of more consistent hits. Like I said, her appeal is that chameleon energy, but especially with like the heavy sampling with this album, it just kind of makes me desire more from her. Yeah, she does something similar to the Hollow Notes bit on a song called It's My Body where she reimagines the song It's My Party. Which is a song that literally came out 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that these samples aren't really as familiar to everyone as they are to us? Like, I see younger people on TikTok, for example, talk about like, wow, here's this oldie by Nirvana. And I think, how could anybody not know that song? But there's this whole generation of sentient adults walking the earth right now who simply don't know any of this. Specifically to the Rich Girl sample, that same exact pitch was used on an Italia Kills album, I want to say from 2014, don't quote me on that. So to me, even if I wasn't familiar with Paula Notes, to me, that sample specifically and starting the album with that song is just like, it's going to be like a rehash of things. I guess I'd say that this is something that's happened throughout the history of popular music. I think, John, what you said, too, it's all about getting the party started for better or worse, you know, and sometimes it is. It's like, OK, you put one margarita in my hand and the party's going to start, as they say. <laughs> so I think that's a little bit about what's going on here. I thought you were going to add, but you put two margaritas in my hand. <laughs> hey, let's not get into my song of the summer. <laughs> that's my song of the summer, but we, I digress. <laughs> All right, again, the album from Koi Ray is called Koi, and that's C-O-I, Koi. We've had a number of artists who've returned this year after long breaks. Just last week, Killer Mike and Sigur Ross dropped their first new albums in a decade. This week, we've got the return of Big Frida. The Queen of New Orleans bounces back with her first new studio album in nine years. It's called Central City. This is the song Hundred Dollar Bill. Hey, Real. 
All right, so this is a really exciting release. Like you said, Robin, it's the first LP from Big Frida in nine years. And I'm really happy about this album because, you know, Frida's been around for a very long time, since the late 90s. And I think this is a real return to form and specifically return to NOLA. It's very NOLA dedicated. It's very steeped in the culture of New Orleans bounce and Southern bounce. It's also very hip hop driven, but, you know, there's a lot of rock influence. There's like some emo grunge influence bounce here as well and soul and gospel and she's calling it bigger bounce and i think what comes out of that are like these huge stadium shakers that are just so moving and thrilling I think it's such a like dedication to home while also kind of moving things forward and saying what else can be, you know, teased out of bounds. Yeah, this record was very fun. Like I love free. You know what I mean? Listening to a lot of these tunes, the thing that struck me was the malleability of that Nola bounce beat. You know mm. what I mean? That Trigger Man beat. At this point, you know, you could definitely put it in that same class with like the Amen break, you know, the Dembo beat and reggaeton. It's 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 so so distinctive but also flexible. And then you match that with Frida. It does feel like New Orleans, but it also worldly, a lot of these songs. But it all makes sense. Something that goes right back to the club. I have to say, I, I've seen Frida in New Orleans. And, you know, there was that meme going around on social media a week ago or so, like, what was the loudest show you ever saw? And when I put this record on, I remembered it was that show. I mean, there's nothing as body claiming as being in a bounce club you know there's nothing as intense and i agree with you john like i like this as a listening experience because it goes beyond that and it has a lot of different you know beats and levels but i'm glad there are moments on this record that bring you back into that where you could just turn up the volume and feel it shaking through your body that's what i want this record was not the full-on assault of the senses that I assumed it would be. There are moments, like you're saying, Letitia, where it is just this, like, the pedal is to the floor. But this was the most crafted or some of the most intentional work that she's mm-hmm. done that I've heard. A lot of song craft and, and dynamics. Big Frida back with her first new studio album in nearly a decade. It's called Central City. And let's just take a big left turn and go next to a debut album out today. It's from Tommy Prine. He's the son of the late and legendary folk singer John Prine. Tommy Prine, his album is called This Far South. This is the song Crashing Again. I'm not good at growing up. Lately I've been feeling stuck. It's got nothing to do with you and me. Just painful days. 
Well, I'll be honest, you know, when I heard that one of John's sons, Tommy, was embarking on a music career, I was not excited. (laughs) Dubious. You were dubious. Well, I was just like, oh, okay, if this is bad, it's going to really be a drag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the bar is so high. The bar is impossibly high. But Tommy Prine is not bad. In fact, he's really good. And he sounds really nothing like his dad. He does sound quite a bit like his friend and the co-producer of this album, Rustin Kelly. Rustin coined this term, dirt emo, to describe where he goes with his music. It's sort of a combo of traditional singer-songwriter, troubadour tropes with the emotional intensity and some of the rock sound of emo. And Tommy just, you know, taps into that vibe really beautifully. He has a beautiful sob in his voice. And it just sounds wonderful to me. It is a hypnotic sound. Give it a couple spins and you will really sink in. It's a record that I feel like really benefits from repeated listens. Well, it's clear you went to a pretty good school. <laughs> Figure this stuff out. It's interesting because there's a song on here called By the Way that speaks directly to his life as John Prine's son. And just listen to this beautiful first line. I don't want to move the shoes I keep in the back of my car, the ones you got me at 17. 17 when mom thought I moved way too far. By the way, I wish I stayed and unpacked all of my bags. And all the times I always miss all the times that we've never had. He wasn't going to try to be a professional musician. He sat on these songs for quite a long while. And it was after he met Rustin, I think, that they started conceiving of this album and really perfecting this sound, which is very contemporary. It does not reach back to the 70s Mm. in any way. It feels very relevant. There are a lot of songs about kind of struggling with direction, struggling with family legacy, But there's several moments on this record where he takes it on. He says, yeah, I know people are going to be skeptical about this. That's part of my life. That's who I am, you know, just like struggling with excess and addiction. That's another part of this record. And he has a beautiful, plain spoken way of addressing these themes, considering them and making them into art. Yeah, I'm sure that Tommy Prine would love to not be standing in this sort of a shadow, right, or have this kind of a bar to have to meet. Uh, But as you say, at the same time, his dad's all over this album Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. He makes so many references to him, like on the song, by the way. There's another song called Some Things. It's quiet in Nashville. 
There's cold wind on my face And I wish I could talk to my daddy today But I gotta... Where he remembers his dad and he talks about how badly he misses him and he wishes he could talk with him, but that he understands, you know, this is... This is his new reality, and this is something that he's going to have to get used to. It's very sweet and very moving in so many cuts. And That's his true. folks would be proud. His folks would be <laughs> proud. Okay, that debut album from Tommy Prine is called This Far South. That's out today, along with several other releases we want to highlight for you. But first, we need to take a short break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. When you book through Capital One Travel using the Venture X Card, you earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights, and you earn unlimited 2x miles on all other purchases. Plus, receive a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research, on, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. Dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. It's New Music Friday from NPR. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Ann Powers, John Morrison, and Letitia Harris. We're looking at the best releases out now on June 23rd, including a new one from Kelly Clarkson. It's called Chemistry. This is the song Favorite Kind of High. Take me home tonight. Kiss me how you like. I've been waiting for you. God, she's a powerhouse. Okay, so Chemistry is Kelly Clarkson's highly anticipated 10th studio album. And it's basically a divorce album that tracks all the different feelings, um, you know, the arcs and emotion that Chemistry, the name of the album and the initial spark of feeling, can lead someone down. This album is, it starts off angry, it starts off bitter, but it's also very transparent, very reflective. And it's still joyous and lustful and hopeful. And we hear from, you know, you're my favorite kind of high. This idea that like love goes on and um, it's like the cyclical thing. You're in love one day, you're not in love the next day, you're going to be in love again. And I think Kelly's been able to capture all those feelings really, really well. Um, to me, this feels like kind of like 
the emancipation of kelly it's a very like <laughs> early 2000s like pop focused pop forward album that's just like all these different feelings going on and she's showing a very masterful vocal talent as usual with very well practiced restraint on these moving ballads these like moving like power ballads It's a very honest album and it's a very vulnerable and personal one, but I'm as impressed by the lyrics as I am by just like the production and the vocals throughout. She's just really a skilled singer. I mean, Letitia, you, you said she's a powerhouse and she's not just a powerhouse, though. You know what I mean? Like there are just moments on this record where I just thrilled at the way she turns a note. Yeah, I cannot believe it's been 20 years since her American Idol run. And, you know, to Anne and, and Letitia, to your points about her voice, you know, one of the things that was so much fun about watching her during that Idol run was seeing and hearing her growth. You know, you could mm -hmm. just, you could hear her voice develop so quickly in real time. You were watching this happen, just better pitch, better control, more finesse, more power. And, you know, at the time, you didn't know, you know, is she just going to be this manufactured flash in the mm -hmm. pan pop artist clearly made by the industry right before our very eyes, in fact. You can still hear the talent, though. Yeah, I, mean, I remember well, that's watching true. that season, and she was singing the hell out of them songs, and <laughs> I'm hearing that on this this record, Chemistry, but there's a saying, like uh, old heads say, a singer that could sell a song, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is like connecting with the emotional intent of a song. That, to me, is like the other side of virtuosity. You know what I mean? Like you build so much skill that you break through to the thing that really matters, which is like the emotional core of the song. I'd like to skip this part. Cut you so deep when it feels like the end. I'm not sure how much more I can take all these waves crashing in. I'd like to skip this part. Skip This Part has like these soft, breathy moments, but then also like the big soaring notes. But listening to this one, I was like, yo, she could sing. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> An understatement. All right, the album again from Kelly Clarkson is called Chemistry. Also out today is another posthumous release from the cellist and composer Arthur Russell. We've had a number of compilations of his work come out over the years. This new one features previously unreleased performances he recorded in the 1980s. It's called Picture of Bunny Rabbit. This is the song, The Boy with a Smile. You found in me Thank you. 
Yeah, Robin, as you said, Arthur Russell was a cellist, a, a singer, a composer who actually died of AIDS back in the spring of 1992. And terms like pioneer and genius are, are kind of thrown around freely, especially in music writing. But I would say at his best, Arthur Russell made music that was distinct and, and original and, and had a flair that, you know, nothing, nothing else really sounds like him. For all my fellow DJs, we know Arthur Russell's name because he co-produced a few classic underground disco tracks like Is It All Over My Face by Loose Joints, Go Bang by Dinosaur L. But these songs are different, a complete left turn from that music, that dance music that Arthur Russell is, is known for. Just a bunch of beautiful, very tender, experimental pop songs you know, you hear the cello, you hear all of these like trippy, what I'm assuming are tape delay effects and Arthur just singing. And it feels like you're in the room, you can see him playing these songs and it, it just feels so deep and tender. But I was overjoyed to see that we got some unreleased stuff to dig into and, and to add to this body of work. Yeah. But you just listen to this album, and as sweet and beautiful as so much of it is, there's all this incredible distortion. Like, if you listen to the title cut, for example, it sounds almost like bagpipes playing. And there's just so much just sonic play and experimentation. And it's like you're hearing all of the stuff that's rolling around in his brain just spilling out as it comes to him in, in real time. Like what else sounds like this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was another thing that kept ringing off in my head. Yeah. Maybe Laurie Anderson is a good comparison for that specific era. Brian um, Eno, I think, you know. Eno, yeah. You know, it's a very internal, introverted, it kind of uh, connects to me with some, well, with Pink Moon by Nick Drake. You know, it has that that sense of one person kind of working through a lot of stuff and, and working towards sort of the essential qualities of his sound. All right, Picture of Bunny Rabbit is the name of the new compilation of Arthur Russell Works, a posthumous release from him. That's out now on June 23rd, along with a whole bunch of other notable albums and EPs uh, that we've got listed for you in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. Uh, it's a good shopping guide for you if you want to know what to get each week. We can't play everything on the show, of course, but before we wrap up this episode of New Music Friday, let's take a minute to quickly mention some of our personal favorites out today. Letitia, let's start with you. All right, so my lightning round pick of the week is Portugal the Man's ninth studio album titled Chris Black Changed My Life, dedicated to a late friend of the band.
I'm super excited about this album because the band's back after a brief hiatus and they have this very new groovy approach to their sound. And that has resulted in some indie rock sentiments with some rap interludes, which is my favorite kind of thing. John. My pick this week is Incorruptible Saints by Sleep Sinatra and the producer Televangel. I don't feel them like I'm on lighter cane Manifesting meaning when the times are strange It wraps his microwave, minds his boutique On a quest for retaining finer things from mind to loosely To them designer ways, I find a way to wake up you sheep I ain't been counting, I've been singled out But they ain't new sleep I'm on their heads like Kufis Was living on the edge, I fed into a true beast I'm grateful I ain't dead So instead I just will reach Touch Sleep mind. is really one of my favorite MCs working right now His wordplay is dense but he also has these sharp, direct lines that cut through and stick in your head, you know what I mean, all throughout this record. To me, Televangel has given Sleep some of the best production that I've heard him rhyme over, you know what I mean? The beats here are rich, there's a lot of texture in this music. This is one of my favorite rap records of 2023 so far. And my pick this week is On Pain by Lloyd Cole. We'll move to Berlin. Stop being Cycle and swim. Stop being Rent and efficiency. You take the serious guys. I'll be the idiot. So back in the halcyon days of the 1980s New Romantics, Lloyd Cole was kind of the smart one in that group with his band, The Commotions. And since he recorded classic singles like Perfect Skin and Rattlesnakes, he's had a prolific solo career that's veered between making electronic ambient music and wonderful jangle pop. And this record, On Pain, really combines both of them so perfectly. Like one song I love on this record is called The Idiot, and it's a daydream about Iggy Pop urging David Bowie to move to Berlin in the 70s. So yeah, if you want something subtle and challenging and wonderful, check out On Pain. you got a review of this record on our site right now. Yeah? I do, a little, a little assessment. Yeah. Well, so if people want to go deeper on the Lloyd Cole, we've got that review on the site. We actually have a handful of select reviews and features every week on the site that people should totally check out. Um, so in addition to the Lloyd Cole review, uh, this week we've also got a review of the Gunner record uh, and a new Jess Williamson album. We've also got this career-spanning profile of Jason Isbell that just went up by the Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Jefferson Cowie. Uh, so everyone should be sure to check that out as well. All of this stuff is at npr.org slash music, npr.org slash music. Uh, okay. And I want to mention the new EP out today from Bishop Briggs. It's called When Everything Went Dark. Bishop Briggs, to me, is such a badass. Uh, Her songs have so many great hooks and drops and swagger, but there's also just so much heart in her music, too. This new EP, it's just six songs, but she processes so much on it. You know, just in the past couple of years, 
She became a mom for the first time. Her sister passed away after a long illness. Uh, Bishop Briggs, for better or worse, depending on who you ask, she won season nine of The Masked Singer. Uh, maybe a blessing and a curse. She's just had to process a very complicated mix of you know joy and sorrow and highs and lows. And you can hear all of that on what I think is a really powerful EP. Again, it's called When Everything Went Dark. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Ann Powers, John Morrison, and Letitia Harris. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robin. All right, as I mentioned, you can see a list of everything that we talked about, along with a bunch of other notable releases from today in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. You can also hear full versions of the songs in our expanded New Music Friday playlists in Apple Music and Spotify. And as always, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. We only send it out once a week. You can get it at npr.org slash music newsletter. We are off next week, so we won't have a show on June 30th, but we'll be back with new music on July 7th. Until then, I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. Your business faces specific challenges and unique opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services, custom-tailored to your short- and long-term goals. Backed by the expertise, strategy, and resources of a top-10 commercial bank, a dedicated team works with you to support your success and help achieve your goals. Explore the possibilities at CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR.